It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. The Upfront panel has convened for this Tuesday morning. Good morning, everybody. Roger Bouchard here. And uh, what we do is uh, try to... Uh, bring you information that's uh, from what I like to call primary sources. That is, the people who were there witnessing uh, the events. And so uh, it's been a while since we've sat down and had a uh, one-on-one with uh, State Representative uh, Bob Phillips. But today is the day that we're doing it. He's uh, free from his his, um, teaching duties, I would say, and he's also free from the General Assembly uh, because they uh, finished up their uh, their session. Uh, now, uh, Bob Phillips, uh, my question is, uh, did you stay till 2 o'clock in the morning um, or whatever time it ended? Uh, uh, I guess it was two weeks ago Friday. Huh? Uh, good morning sure. to you. Good morning, Roger. Thank you for having me again. It's, uh, you're right. It has been a while since yeah. I've been here. So, And to answer your question, no, I did not. Uh-huh. I had to teach the next morning, so I left at about 11 o'clock and got home around 11.30, 20 of 12, and took a quick shower, went to bed, woke up again and to go back to school by 7 to teach. Now, do they accomplish anything of significance uh, in those late hours? Is it a lot of speeches, or do they still try to pass or not pass legislation? Well, at that point, all of the important legislation that we had, uh, we've already passed, and we sent it over to the Senate. We were just in recess waiting for the Senate to finish passing a lot of their bills and some of some of our bills, and sometimes they'll modify it, put a, a number of the sub A or, or a sub B into um, maybe some language changes or something, and send it back to the House to have us revote on it. So I think half the time there, between 10 o'clock and probably quarter of 12, they were in recess waiting for the Senate to do their work. All right. So uh, the session is over. Before we talk, uh, the purpose of this program, incidentally, is to uh, kind of wrap up the General Assembly session from the eyes of uh, of Bob Phillips and also uh, what has been in the news media and what maybe didn't get much publicity. But it is a talk show. And so, therefore, if you would like to participate, you can either call Mr. Phillips uh, here at the station, 766-1380, and you can send us an email. I'll open up uh, my little browser here, if that's the right word, upfront at WNRI.com, and uh, we'll acknowledge your, um, your comment on the air. And short of that, we will cover a whole bunch of bases with uh, Mr. Phillips. One of the things I want to ask you, Bob Phillips, is um, every legislator has his uh, priorities. When John Brien takes the microphone, you have a pretty good idea of where he uh, wants to go with um, with his uh, legislation, and uh, and you can see that others uh, have their specialty interests. So uh, I don't know if any of that specialty interest got into legislation, but uh, tell us about what you have on the Bob Phillips agenda. Well, um, there was a probably three bills that I really wanted to push this year. One, the first one is about for businesses and that, uh, and not only businesses, but individuals. It's the look back when you get audited from the Department of Revenue, and we're supposed to be following federal guidelines, the IRS guidelines, and sometimes I wonder if we do, so I wanted to put in codification into law that they are to follow specifically the IRS guidelines. I had a person approach me Oh, got to be about two months ago now after I put the bill in. He was happy that I put it in because he says, I just got a letter from the Department of Revenue saying they audited one of my tax years. And it was back to 2016. That's seven years ago. And they're only supposed to go back three years unless they find some significant uh, shortages or uh, discrepancies. And then they can go back a few more years. But uh, that one didn't... 
didn't make it to the Senate and to the governor's desk, but we'll work on that again next year. Hey, well, one uh, note on that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. when it doesn't make it, and, and you're not exactly unfriendly with uh, the speaker, Mr. Shikachi. Correct. So uh, what is told to you uh, in the background about your uh, your legislation so that you don't feel like uh, they're ignoring you? Well, uh, in this case here, there was some pushback from the Department of Revenue that was stating all of the facts that, that they do adhere to it and everything else. But then we, uh, so the speaker said he got the feedback, so he wanted to have a discussion with us. And he wants, I guess we're going to be having a meeting soon between uh, the person from the Department of Revenue and myself, the speaker, and two other people that from the business community, the CPAs and the Manufacturers Association, to talk about it and see if we can hash out what the difference is, why we feel that they're not adhering to it, and they can give us their reasoning why they feel that they are adhering to it. So that's the reason why that one didn't pass this year. Another one? Another one would be, uh, and this came to me from a gentleman named Ralph Coppola, and he's been in the business world for a good 45, 50 years, and he and I have been friendly for the last 10 or 15 years because he knows I'm pretty much business-oriented. He said, what do you think about this? And I said, this is a great idea. And it, let's say you are of Medicare age there, Mr. Bouchard, but your spouse is not. And you have, you're still working and you're wanting to go on Medicare yourself. When you go on Medicare, your spouse doesn't have any health insurance because they drop your health insurance. So this one would give the spouse the ability, you would pay for it, but you, they, they would have the ability to keep onto your health insurance from the company that you're working for. Mm-hmm. So that, that made sense. A lot of people, a lot of the leadership likes it in that. It just was too short time. There wasn't a Senate duplicate. We didn't have somebody in the Senate that put forth an identical bill, so that one didn't get passed. But we, I will be pushing that in next year and trying to find a senator that would be willing to uh, put it in on the Senate side. All right, and the third one? And the third one, uh, let me see. Oh, this one here is getting a little personal because of an incident that happened in Smithfield about a month ago. I've been asking to have the poles, the ballast studs in front of businesses so that cars do not run through the front of the store, like what happened in the subway in Smithfield where a Winsaka woman was killed. Mm. And this one really hit home afterwards and I've talked to uh, former Senator John Tassoni, who's t- um, a, now a council person from Smithfield, and he and I are going to work on it together, get this stuff going so that way this bill will pass and we'll start getting these ballasters in front so we can prevent uh, the future accidents like this one. And those uh, ballasters, who would uh, would pay for it? Uh, the businesses um, have to foot the bill for for that? Um, or maybe uh, they could get an insurance break uh, if they had them in front of their building. Well, I talked to the insurance companies. I put this in for, for a few years, uh, off and on. I haven't done it every year because you, you put it in a couple of years and then if it's not moving, you may put it into your background for a while and then move it to the foreground again. Yeah. And um, the a lot of the insurance companies already will give you a, sometimes they give you a, a discount on if you have them in place because it saves them money from having to repair the building and that. So uh, on this accident here, you have two buildings that were actually, or two businesses, excuse me, one building, two businesses. You had the subway that was destroyed and part of a Planet Fitness that was um, damaged. So now you have a lot of legal stuff going on. Our guest is Bob Phillips, state representative, District 50. 51. 51. Not bad, huh? John Breen is 50. Oh. I hope John is listening. <laughs> uh, actually, sorry about that. Actually, so you, I'm, I think Steve is 50 right. and John's 49. Right. All right. So, uh, anyway, 51. I'll try to remember that through the rest of the program. We have a caller waiting. Okay. And uh, we'll see what uh, they want to speak about. So, let's press the magic button. What question would you ask of Bob Phillips today? Hello. Well, I had three concerns, and I hope the last time I talked about one of these on the line, you you listened to what I said before I made my request, because I was making a point about the state. Okay. Anyhow, first of all, there's the idea, Bob said something about where we're taking and looking at the possibility of using some of our old nuclear plants or power plants to maybe put in advanced nuclear. Also, I was concerned about the idea 
that we need porta potties for every parking space that attaches to the bike trail. As far as I understand, the bike trail is sponsored by the state. They should provide proper facilities. And, of course, the dropping of the car inspection, which is unconstitutional, and it, it's an illegal search. And I'm not talking about drugs in the car. I'm talking about you take off the hub and you look at that brake pad. What preposition to, to believe there was anything wrong with that brake pad? I mean, unless the cops saw you grow through a stop sign, you really don't have no predicate for that search. And it's not done in 30 states, and Rhode Island needs to join them. All right. We'll get Bob to comment on all three topics. you have all three written down? I didn't write them down, but I've had to, I've, I've spoken to this gentleman before. And, Thank you, sir. And what we are, um, what I've talked about was about how, what size I'm researching now that because of this gentleman about the advanced nuclear energy, I talked to people at Quonset, and there might be an area there that we can put a power plant there. But this is in preliminary stages of just discussions, and we are talking about how the uh, fusion instead of fission is a much more safe nuclear power. So that is something that we're looking at. I have not, and I have not talked to other people extensively, but when I talked to another person that, that was doing some research on it themselves, they said one of the other nuclear power plants in a different state, these newer ones, they could put two of those nuclear power plants, smaller ones, in the space of that bigger one. So those are in preliminary stages. It, there's a lot more. You have to convince a lot of people in this state to try and make sure that they know that the new nuclear is safe for everyone. Um, the porter parties or porter johns on the bike path, yes, the bike path is sponsored by the state. It is a recreational area. Um, I don't know. I have not even looked into any of the see if they have any porta johns near any of them but that's something i will write down and i will try to research for another time before you leave the subject of porta bon, uh, uh, porta bonds <laughs> porta johns porta johns on the uh, bike trail uh let's um use our experience both bob and roger from autumn fest and yeah. porta, porta johns and and what a what a can of worms it would create to put them there because uh, when you use a porta john and I use a porta john, I do it respectfully. Mm -hmm. But we know from Autumn Fest, just sometimes stepping into them, uh, some of the jerks that are out there. Yeah. And <clears throat> I would imagine without saying it, that may be the reason why you don't uh, see that as often uh, as uh, maybe you would like to. And I'll, I'll, I'll cite one more thing. You know, I love trains. Oh, yes. And I have used the new train station at uh, Pawtucket Central Falls three times now since it opened. The first time I went down there, I, I was uh, traveling, I think, with my son into uh, Boston. And there were the Porter Johns at the new Rhode Island-sponsored train station. They were nice. They had a generator there. You walk up the stairs, you open it up. I mean, nice Porter Johns, mm -hmm. right? The last two trips, they were locked. Now, I wonder why. Well, in checking, I wonder why, because jerks um, were using the uh, Porter Johns, and it's hard to keep them clean and maintained. Anyway. And unfortunately, you, you agree at, times, at all. And unfortunately, at times, you may have um, on those bigger Porter Johns that you were talking about. You do have some homeless people yeah. that would start going in there and sleeping there, and that when people go in there, they see somebody <coughs> sleeping there, and they're not going to use them. Right. And other reasons, too. Right. All right. And, and I didn't want to jump to a conclusion saying this is the reason why mm -hmm. there's no Porter Johns at the uh, bike trails, but I wanted to at least make a phone call to somebody and see if that was the case or if they're going to try and build some um, buildings right. that might... Well, yeah, we have them at Autumn Fest, but they're high maintenance. Right? They are very high maintenance, and sometimes in the middle of the night, people tip them over too. So they, yeah. you know, they try, as you said, jerks that do that. Topic number two. Um, that was the second one. I'm trying to remember the third one now that we went on a tangent. So we had nuclear power. Yeah, and, and the we Porter had Johns the Porter Johns, and I can't remember the third. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it All now. All right, too. it'll come to us. Yep. Yeah. 
While we're uh, going through that mental exercise, we're going to take time off of the Honey Shop. The Honey Shop is fast becoming a household name. A food manufacturer, they make natural health products, honey products, and gourmet foods, such as infused olive oils, balsamic salsas, hot sauces, gluten-free soups, jams, apple cider vinegar products, pasta sauces, tea, sugar, barbecue sauces, natural nut and seed butters, and yes, more. If you love food, you're going to love the Honey Shop. Many of their products are available in shop for sampling. Their signature product, of course, Breathe. It's an all-natural cold and allergy remedy. Made, of course, with honey. It was invented in 2013. In addition to the food and health products, they also host workshops, classes, events, and educational hikes. So if you're looking for a true shopping experience or are looking to add a little spice to your life, stop by for a bite. The Honey Shop at 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket, the same building that houses CALM Picture Framing Gallery. You'll find The Honey Shop right here in the city of Woonsocket. All right. All right, and the Honey Shop um, reminds you, too, uh, that they have all kinds of classes, and uh, all you have to do is go to their Facebook page and check out the classes, and maybe one is of interest to you. Maybe it's uh, making uh, some uh, limoncello at home, uh, maybe some uh, homemade pasta, um, or a nice marinara sauce. Anyway, they've had they've had uh, classes on a whole bunch of topics, and, um, and to check out the Facebook page and Maybe one of the topics is of interest to you. Let's check in with Lisa over at CCA Community Care Alliance. At Community Care Alliance, our 500 employees are passionate about strengthening lives. Right now, we have job openings that give you the opportunity to build a stronger community with us. We hire every level in multiple disciplines. We offer competitive salaries, a comprehensive benefit package, including generous vacation, sick time, holidays, and competitive medical and dental coverage. Find out more at www.commu.com. U-N-I-T-Y-C-A-R-E-R-I dot org or by calling 401-235-7458. Your life experience could contribute to the riches and qualities of care that we provide. The Pomodoro Savini's opens at 4 today and tonight is uh, starting at 4. Half price wine night. Yeah, $30 bottle of wine divided by 2. It's a tough uh, tough one for me. 30 divided by 2 is, um, can, can you help? Subtract that caterpillar. Okay. Right yeah, okay. Around $15? 15. Okay, thank you. <laughs> the go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu. Or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats, and cheeses. And, of course, our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Closed Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's. Perfect for any event. Soup and salad bar now available. And Papa Savini's famous roasted chicken and noodle soup also available by the 32-ounce jar to take home at Savini's Pomodoro. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. The panel is uh, State Representative Bob Phillips, District 51. A little bit of Cumberland in that one socket. Uh, a little district. bit of Cumberland, that's correct. Okay. And uh, we had a caller. Ta- caller brought up a couple of topics, and we couldn't remember the third topic. We finally figured it out. It was uh, it was what? Car inspections. All right. What about car inspections? Well, he says that it's illegal and that I look at it in a different light. I think of it in a, as a safety reason. Uh, I Being in the automotive industry for 26 years in my previous life, I think they're worthwhile. Um, a lot of the car owners do not know if there's anything wrong with their vehicle. And when they do get the car inspections, they give a list of what needs to be done on the car that would bring it up to code. And I, that's where I'm going to leave it like that. I just think it's a bigger safety issue. I don't think anybody wants to have something fall off their car and get another vehicle into an accident because of it. 
And what about the, the new law to establish that Rhode Islanders must get their cars inspected in their home state? Uh, the governor signed the legislation sponsored by Rep. Edwards. <coughs> Jay Sen- Edwards, yes. Yeah, and uh, Senator De Palma. Correct. They say this is in response to a lack of cooperation from Massachusetts and Connecticut when it comes to drivers from those states. De Palma said it's caused an impact to small businesses in border towns like Tiverton. And I guess we're bought a town one socket. Correct. Takes effect um, January 1st. What have you heard about that? Well, Jay and I had talked about it a couple of years ago when he was first putting the legislation in. And something I didn't know is Massachusetts inspection stations can do Rhode Island inspections. Mm-hmm. Whereas they were supposed to have reciprocation where Rhode Islanders on border communities could do the Massachusetts ones. That never happened. So it was an advantage to Massachusetts, so we passed a law to stop that. Could you call that retaliatory legislation? No, it's just a correction of something that wasn't followed through on. Let's press the button and go to the next call, and then uh, we'll uh, look at uh, the General Assembly session just completed. Hello there. What would you like to talk about? Good morning. I apologize in advance because I talk about the subject a lot. So yeah. I know the, view- the listeners are probably sick of hearing it, but... Mr. Phillips, thank you. Um, the shoreline access bill, I don't know how you voted on it, but I think that is a massive win for all of the people of Rhode Island. I think it's a long time coming. My question is, and again, I predicted this a while ago. I predicted that what's going to happen, right, unfortunately, is some of the landowners, not all, but a lot of the wealthy landowners, just they don't, they don't like this, right? The Realtors Association doesn't like it. They feel like it's seizing private property, which it's not. But my prediction, which is coming true, is that they they feel like they lost this battle, right? So there is going to be a 10-foot buffer zone above the height. But they're doing exactly what I predicted. They're not just going to go after the parking lots. They're going to try to shut down parking lots. They're going to try to limit parking. They're going to try to shut down rights of way. I knew it was going to happen. Everybody knew it was going to happen. So I know the CRMC, to my knowledge, manages all rights of way in the state, I believe. Is there any plans on the book? I know maybe not for this session. I know it's over or whatever. But... What it, what is going to happen when they do start shutting down the parking lots? I mean, the public can the CRMC can, can it be mandatory that the state has X amount of rights of way every every mile or every half mile? That's all my question. I'll, I'll let you take it from there, Mr. Phillips. I appreciate. I would appreciate it if you if you do look into this. So thank you. Thank you, sir. I did have some preliminary discussions with another rep about it because I do not know much about it. I don't own land on any of the ocean fronts or waterfronts. So, but I did vote for it because I thought that was just right that people should be able to walk along the beaches and not get stopped for 25 feet because it's somebody's private property. I, I think that everybody has the right for at least six to 10 feet of, uh, roadways, I mean, not roadways, sorry, uh, beachways. Uh, I don't know if they will follow through on that because I think if if they, the landowners, the rich landowners, as you had called them, try to shut it down, then I think DEM and CRMC will step in and try to do something without us having to. But I do agree with you that possibly we need to do something. So I will look into it. I'm writing down CRMC and the right-of-way for the beaches, and I'll talk to some of the uh, state reps that I run across during our off-session and see what they feel and see who might take the lead on that. I think somebody from Newport or Narragansett may take the lead on that. Maybe Carol McEntee or Lauren Carson, someone of that nature that um, that would take the lead on this type of an issue. It's not an easy subject because if you look at the uh, the real estate uh, tax um, in Narragansett and South Kingstown and and um, Westerly and, and so forth, you're going to notice um, that the owners of the property are some of the most uh, influential judges in the state of Rhode Island, some of the most influential lawyers in the state of Rhode Island. These are big money people, high influence people. They uh, spent a lot of money to acquire this property, and they feel privileged, and uh, they don't want any interference. So this is going to be not a one-year battle. This is an ongoing 
And uh, there are some powerful forces behind the scenes. Would you agree? I would agree with that 100% because I was already thinking of a couple of people that own beachfront properties. And, uh, right? Yes. And they want their privacy. And they want their privacy. They don't want you walking over their property in front of their house. They just don't want it. And looking into their houses or whatever. So I can see that. So there's got to be some sort of a compromise there. Now. I want to go, go on a subject, if you don't mind, Roger. I don't think a lot of Proceed. people understand how the General Assembly works as well. This year was an, a record-breaking year for the number of pieces of legislation introduced to the General Assembly, both in the Senate and the House. Almost 3,000 pieces of legislation was brought in. Contrary to what a lot of people believe, we do not read all 3,000 or 2,500 pieces of legislation. I'm on five committees, and I listen to environment, education, small business, corporations, and I'm also on rules, which is a different type of a, a committee. But those four, we listen to close to almost, on those four there, I listen to close to a thousand pieces of legislation. And our committee meetings lasted till 9, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. If there is legislation that is not in some of the committees that I am that I sit on, or any other rep sits on, as in judiciary, labor, uh, health and human services, I, committees like that. I talk to if it comes to the is going to come to the floor. I talk to the main sponsor. I want to know who spoke in favor of it, who spoke against the bill. What were the reasonings against the bill? What were the reasonings for the bill before I try to make a decision and vote one way or the other? Do I make 100% perfect decisions? No, I don't think any of us down there do because it's just too much information to try and digest before you make the vote. So I think if people understand what we go through as a General Assembly, it would be easier for them, like some of the ones that I... um, that we were talking about the housing ones. We did not listen to all of the housing bills that came up. And there was probably two dozen housing bills that were introduced, um, of which about a dozen had passed because the leadership was behind. The speaker wanted to, to get more affordable housing for people. So we try to do as much as we can, but then we rely on the other reps that are either the main sponsors or maybe one of the major co-sponsors could give you some information on these pieces of legislation before you make your decision. Um, what do you think of uh, Dan McKee uh, and his influence in the General Assembly? Do they even even acknowledge uh, that he's governor? Uh, he, it seems from a layman's point of view like me that McKee submits uh, the budget and then he doesn't really have too much power after that. I think Shikachi and uh, and uh, Mr. Um, Ruggiero. Ruggiero take over, and uh, he's out of the loop. Well, he, he knows that it's going to be modified depending on what the revenue coming into the state is and the two conferences that we have. We have one in November and one in May that shows our budgeted or um, revenue that they anticipate coming into the state. That includes federal money and everything else. So it's a moving target when we're trying to figure out how much money the federal government is going to give each of the states. So he has a good idea of what he wants to have accomplished. Does he get everything? Absolutely not. No, I don't think any governor has ever gotten everything they wanted. And sometimes the General Assembly puts in things that they would like to see done money that they would like to see like um the one thing that the governor did get is his 365 educational process which means in the summertime trying to um have kids continue their learning instead of just the 180 days of school days but there's other things that want that the uh, speaker wanted which was a lot of the uh, affordable housing there's certain ones that the Senate president wants that gets put in and that and they come up discuss it between the three of them and they come up with some sort of a, a mutual agreement and the budget gets passed. Bob Phillips is with us and um, I'm going to list the categories um, um, housing landlord tenant rights tax reform 
business, economic development, health care, prescriptions, environment, education, higher education, labor workforce, justice and public safety, transportation, elections and good government, and also uh, seniors and veterans. And I, those are broad categories, and there was legislation passed in all of those categories. So Bob and I could sit here till noontime today and talk about them. Anything you want to pull, pull out of that besides the budget? We'd have to go through it really quickly if to get out of here by noontime on yeah. that. There's so many pieces of legislation. Anything, anything you see that you want to pull up? Maybe something related to uh, Northern Rhode Island? Or you just want to talk about the budget and where the money is going to come from next year? To me, that's the big question. Not this year. It's next year. Well, we're, I've already been trying to, when I sat with the speaker after the session had ended, we were talking about what the budget's going to look like next year. And I don't. I hope I'm wrong and we have the, the income coming in or the revenue coming in to have a $14 billion budget again. But I don't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few things that I'm hoping that will take effect, which is, first of all, the $50,000 exemption for all the tangible taxes. That'll take care of about... 70 to 75 percent of the businesses, small businesses in this state will not have to pay tangible tax again, which will give them a nice boost to be able to invest into their businesses in other ways. That's one of the things that is. Um, if you're going for a tax reform again, the one thing that they did that might make equal the playing field is any nonprofit in the, uh, industry that buys a building and subleases it to a for-profit business is going to pay taxes on that portion of the for-profit business being in that building. And Mayor, uh, newly elected Mayor Smiley in Providence is dealing with that uh, that issue right, right now. now. Yeah, right, correct. Right. So, of nonprofit, um, uh, I don't, I don't want to take one and give you an example, but let's say a non-profit. Oh, I know one. Like the YMCA decides to buy a, to buy a building in mm-hmm. Woonsocket and then leases, leases it uh, to uh, uh, commercial enterprise, collects a rent. Uh, something should be done about that, that it's not tax-free. Correct. And that portion is going to be taxable. All right, Bob Phillips, what else did you see of interest in uh, this General Assembly session that uh, stuck out? One thing that um, we're always being told we're uh, not proactive or reactive. The one thing that I think that we're ahead of the the not I was going to use the word game, but it's going to be. If, once I finish it, you'll understand why I didn't want to use it. Have to do with gaming. The yeah, as in the i gaming. You know, you can uh-huh. on your phone, your your iPad, your laptop, your home computer, and that you can actually do gaming on it without having to go to either one of the casinos that are in the state here they're going to have live table games with live dealers sitting in a room at twin river or at tiverton and you can play cards you can play roulette whatever the table game is that they're going to do so like zoom uh similar to zoom maybe and then you can you can bet and win and everything else like that. But you can do it from your phone and from the confines of your own house, relaxing in that. So we're one of the very few states that have approved that. I think there was four other states that would have approved it already. Massachusetts has not done it that I know of yet. They will probably start doing it because when we went to online gaming before, they went and um, followed suit. So there's another one there. Um, we're going to jump off the track. You keep, uh, keep uh, we'll go back to your list okay. in a second. But now it's time for a surprise question. All right, let's go for, <laughs> he looks at me, oh, where, where is he going? <laughs> where Bouchard? is he going with this thing? All right, and that is misbehavior in the uh, General Assembly, uh, in the House of Representatives. Uh, we've seen it. Uh, some of your uh, colleagues in your career there correct. have done ba- bad things and uh, had to leave. and uh, That's correct. And so forth. And we um, have a senator that's right. done a bad thing And so thing there, right the, the, the current one here, I mean, we ran it in, in the news. Um, but um, what's f- interesting about this is, uh, first of all, we're, we're talking with State Representative Bob Phillips. So he's on the House of Representatives side of the building. And I'm going to bring up State Senator 
uh, Miller, who is on the other side of the building. And so it's not the same body. But uh, the only person that's calling for the resignation of the senator are Republicans. And I'm just wondering um, if you can comment on his behavior and why um, not one Democrat uh, says that this um, this is bad behavior uh, or is the foot ready to drop uh, maybe in a couple of weeks? I have not heard anything yet on any repercussions from this. I would assume that uh, the Senate president has probably already called him in and sat him down and spoke to him about it. What comes out of that? Unless you hear rumors, which I don't think we'll hear. Um, I don't know what's going to come out of it. He's a Democrat. You're a Democrat. You condone this behavior? I do not condone the behavior. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know why anybody would want to, because of a bumper sticker, key a vehicle and then lie about it. And then also on top of that, try to say that this person confronted them first, etc. Just seems way out of the way that you should be. You should be respecting the office. Whether um, you want to respect me as a person in the office, but you should respect the office of either representative or senator. <clears throat> and in my estimation, Senator Miller at this point has not respected the office. He's brought shame to the office and something needs to be done. Whether he is asked to resign or whether he is um, taken off a committee or maybe taken his chairmanship of a committee away, something should be done to show to other members of the General Assembly that this behavior will not be put up with. John Ward identifies himself on this email. Woonsocket City Council, please ask Rep. Phillips why he voted to grant the assumed work-related disability for firefighters due to hypertension, a condition that can be due to inherited or poor lifestyle. Did he consider that it could cost millions for the state, cities, and towns to pay the early tax-free pension benefit and the cost of lifetime health care while having to hire replacement staff with all the benefits. Any comments, sir? There are checks and balances on this issue here. They take into consideration previous um, health issues that the person has. They take into family history if there's a, a sense of um, hereditary issues coming up. Um, and there's some other safeguards in there. So that's one of the reasons why I voted for it. I know a few of the firefighters that have had hypertension that was strictly caused and was documented by their uh, their primary physician or their doctor that it was caused specifically by the job. So those were some of the reasons why I voted for it. And they can only do it a certain time. There's some time frame constraints in there and everything else. So um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, if we have to adjust it, then we have to adjust it. One of the things I found uh, interesting, uh, this is another one of those uh, questions that, that we didn't talk about, but it occurred to me. At the last Woonsocket City Council meeting, there were th- three resolutions uh, before the council asking the General Assembly to uh, do this, that, and the other thing. One one of the other things was to delay the revaluation for a year and two other things. And Representative, uh, you know, it's late in the session. You're just about ready to adjourn. And Representative Brian said, um, well, uh, in a news story, the Woodsocket call, if they were to come to us sooner, we might have been able to act on this. So... This legislation reaches the uh, General Assembly leaders uh, too late. Or was it too late? Did you hear about it a long time ago? Uh, um, so what's the deal? Well, here's the, here's the situation here. We did hear about it a little while beforehand that they wanted, they were asking for these things. But we cannot go before a committee meeting. If I put a piece of legislation in that says the city of Winsocket wants to do X, Y, Z, and we don't have a resolution from the city council stating that they are backing this 100 percent. 
that's one of the first questions that's asked in the committee. Do you have a city council resolution? And at that point, when we first heard about it, we did not. Late in the session, we received them. And then it, at that point, it was, I think it was a week and a half before we were getting out of the session. And that's way too late to try and get it done. If if they want things done like this, they need to get it done, get it to us by March at the latest. So you got the leg- the resolution paperwork too late to send it through. Correct. And if you had got it early enough, probably all For- three could have passed because they weren't two or three. super controversial. No, I don't think they? I don't think any of them were that controversial. There might have been one that was that had a few questions and might have been uh, had to have been amended in that but uh, for the most part most of these are not that controversial as you stated and critics will say it's a lack of uh, employees in city hall that couldn't get the resolutions uh, done but that's not your domain i don't have i don't know the reasons why they do or they don't hello you're on the air with uh, rep phillips what would you like to uh, have him discuss on the program today it's not political i just want to congratulate bob i'm sorry Mr. Phillips and his wife for being named Grand Marshals of Autumn Fest. I personally know all the hard work they've put in through the years. So enjoy the honor. Be proud. It's well-deserved. Bye. Bye. Comment on being uh, co-Grand uh, Marshals, right? I think my wife deserves it a lot more than I do. I mm-hmm. think my wife has done so much for this community that people don't know about. Little organizations she gets involved in to do little things. Um, that I think make a difference for in some of people's lives. So uh, I will take the honor. It's very difficult for me to take uh, compliments. I don't know why it's been that way all my life. I mm-hmm. just I just do what I do because I enjoy doing it, not because I want to have any accolades of that. So, but I I am proud that they have considered us worthy enough to be. As I always think, this is the biggest honor in the city of Woonsocket is to be named Grand Marshal. Well, my only recollection is that before you became a state representative, I remember you on the Autumn Fest Committee. You had more time back then. And uh, I think that uh, the committee is recognizing a, um, shall we say, a career in Autumn Fest. um, And (laughs) and you've done a lot of things. She's done 30 years right. at Autumn Fest. What I? job haven't you done at Autumn Fest? Uh, did you ever run a parade? Uh, I didn't run the parade, but, but uh, <laughs> I, I, as everybody likes to remind me, that's, that's uh, and Mama, that just called, mm-hmm. um, has remembers this because she was on the committee at the time, too. Was mm-hmm. I was nicknamed Bob the Obnoxious Button Man. Because I was relentless on selling buttons. I wanted to be the first one to sell all 10,000 buttons. And I did it. Mama, I also have a name for her, too. Okay. (laughs) But be nice, Roger. (laughs) She's laughing at home, I hope. Are you ready for another call? Sure. Okay. You're on the Upfront program. Bob Phillips is here. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, Representative Phillips. Good morning. I I was hoping next year... Get closer to your phone, sir. Uh, you're uh, hollow, and uh, some of our listeners can't hear you. One more time, sir. Is this better? Uh, a little bit better. Okay. Uh, I hope next year that the General Assembly cuts the sales tax by 1% and give us back the 1% that they took when the credit unions uh, went belly up. Yeah. And because they said and promised that they would return it back to the original uh, percentage. So, I mean, they've, they've been negligent with this for years, but yet this year in the General Assembly, they can dole out you know, Thank you, sir. millions and millions of dollars for other projects, but they can't give it back to the people. All right, Mr. Phillips, on the topic of the sales tax, right? The sales tax, right. yes. Uh, does there, do you think you'll ever see a sales tax reduction in your uh, career in the General Assembly will start there as the, the possibilities of it ever happening. I am going to, and I've had spoken to the governor himself about this. We were in a parade and he sat down and at a table had a little bit of a refreshment, uh, some lunch and that. And so I bent his ear for about 15 minutes and I said, with all due respect, Governor, I says, I disagree on the reduction of the sales tax right now. I would rather prefer if we're going to, let's say, return $100 million, 
instead of reducing the sales tax because all of the tourists are also paying the sales tax and the meals tax, etc., to reduce the property taxes for the homeowners, the people that live in the state and that are affected more widely with this than the sales tax. So I would, before we, and I, I'm not against reducing the sales tax. I think before we do it, though, I think we should give homeowners a little bit more of a, of a tax break. Uh, have you been to La Familia Restaurant in Menden Road in Cumberland? I have. Yeah. You like it? It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. When the bocce closed here in Woonsocket, uh, uh, they had a dish uh, called uh, Shrimp Mozambique. Right. We used to have it at Vermette's, too. Yeah. With you and my wife, we used to compete against it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I found it at La Familia. Make plans to come and relax and enjoy yourself at Cumberland's famous La Familia restaurant. We guarantee that you'll love our classic Italian dishes. Our customers enjoy our delicious appetizers, entrees, and homemade desserts. Did you know La Familia offers catering for all occasions, including graduations, baby showers, or any special moment? La Familia, the all-occasions restaurant at 1666 Diamond Hill Road, Cumberland. And our popular family-style dinners on the menu are also available to go. Just call ahead and pick it up, 401-305-3916. And a pretty good uh, shrimp fra Diablo, too. Very good. Time to tell you about the Gourmet Traveler Tours with Taste. We offer international trips like our 11-day September trip to Ireland. Includes airfare, 11 days and four and five-star hotels included, fully escorted. And we'll leave Lincoln Mall and get you to Boston to and from in a minivan. Price $39.80 per person. And we have some great bus tours this summer, like the one to Kennebuck Port, Maine, on July the 8th. Buy one seat, get one free, $164 with pickup and drop-off at Lincoln Mall. Call Valerie and she'll give you the details on both trips. 401-823-9620. Valerie has been arranging trips since 1982, so she's got the experience to make your journey carefree. 401-823-96204. The Gourmet Traveler. If you need lawn maintenance, lawn repair, shrub trimming, or just lawn cuts, contact Woonsocket native Chad Fontaine at Chad's Landscaping. We specialize in concrete jobs, too. Free estimates always available at discounts for veterans and seniors. And have a question? Simple. Text Chad himself at 401-309-4253. Since 2000, Chad's Landscaping has been serving the Northern Rhode Island area, and they'd love to have you as a customer, too. So call 401 309 a registered Rhode Island contractor and uses Cambridge Paver Stone in our hard landscaping projects. You can even set up an appointment on Facebook. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. How are you doing over there, Mr. State Representative? I'm doing fine, thank you very much. Well, I hope you're having a good time. You ought to do a talk show. Uh, ever thought of being a talk show host? We'll try uh, that for another time. Yeah, Hello. Okay. <laughs> Hello there. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Um, I support those who serve police, fire. Mm -hmm. I've always made sure if, if there was something that they needed, state of the art they get. But yeah. they are adults. When they choose a, voca a vocation, I don't, they know what they're getting into. This, I, I do not believe you voted the right way. What I you, don't. What, 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 what's she talking about? Well, the the, uh, the, the firefighter disability. Okay, thank you. I, I, firefighter, yeah. mm -hmm. police, etc. Mm -hmm. I don't. They take a vocation. I support them. Even, I think they even should have um, doctors come in along the way when we go through stressful times. But I do not believe that, that, that the vote you took was the right vote. All right. Thank you for your call. Appreciate and, it. And that's fine. And I, you knew that. Agree with, right? I'm not going to agree with everybody on so this one. So if you had voted against it, uh, would the legislation have passed? Uh, it would have. Yeah. And my question is, do you ever, uh, you know... Do you ever think about that um, in terms of, uh, well, you know, what am I going to do? And then, and I need some help uh, further on down on another bill. I mean, uh, the support was there. I, 
This is tough. Yeah, I I don't vote that way because I want to get something down the road. I vote it because I feel it's the right thing to do. And I and I also base it on a lot of the um, phone calls or emails that I get also from my constituents. If I get somebody that is writing me from Tiverton or Newport or Narragansett, I don't put as much credence in that. They should be talking to their own state rep and their own state senator. But when somebody from my district contacts me, I put that at the top of the list. And I got very few, if any, on this subject. Um, the one thing I will say was I had spoken to a police officer, not a firefighter on this one. And he was stressed. I have to admit it. And he let out some of the things that why we should be passing similar things to this because of some of the things that they see when they go come upon certain things that they um, have to investigate, like a shooting. If it's if it has to do with a child or something, that is traumatic even for them because most of the police officers are either fathers or mothers. We have female police officers, so I don't want to be sexist and not include them. And there's other things that he told me that he has personally seen that I don't think I could do that job. Um, so I, I have to look at it in a human way to see how do we help all of these people, even though they're, they, yes, a lot of times they know what they're getting into. But some of the things they don't expect to see this horrific of an issue. How come you didn't get into the first congressional race? Congress. Congress District 1. First of all... And who do you support in the race? Um, no one has Anybody officially declared. <laughs> yes, I've had three people ask for my support already. So, um, Steve, a is a, of Steve is a personal friend of mine. So, it looks like I will be leaning towards Steve. But I've been asked by uh, three mm-hmm. to uh, see if I can swing my support to them. So... I bet Rep, uh, Rep Abney uh, from Newport probably would like to see you uh, support him. He hasn't asked yet, uh-huh. but he, I, I figure he will. Uh-huh. Especially um, from since you're from Woonsocket right. and he's from Newport. Right. Yeah. And Marvin and I get along very well. Uh, when, we, when my wife and I went down to the Newport uh, St. Paddy's Day Parade, Marvin um, texted me and says, when you're done, you know, Come stop by the house. So we stopped by the house, spoke to he and his wife and I, and Nancy had uh, sat down for a good hour and a half just talking about different things, life in general and everything, what his wife does and everything. We didn't talk politics, believe it or not. So uh, we just talked about the parade, about life and what we do in that. General Assembly session, could it be called back for any reason this summer? Uh, for anything? We can be called back. Let's Uh say there's a bill that we pass that the governor vetoes and the Senate president and the speaker both want to have this passed. We can be called back to try and override the veto. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a long time. All right. We'll see you tomorrow on the uh, Upfront program. Uh, See, tomorrow's Wednesday? Tomorrow is Wednesday. Oh, okay. Tomorrow, Wednesday on Upfront. I'm Roger. Author's Hour coming up next. Bye-bye. This has been WNRI's Upfront. Presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.